Hi there, I'm James, and I'll be the host of Behind the Scalpel for 2023. On the show, we hear from surgeons of all specialties and walks of life, delving into their career, wielding the scalpel, as well as looking beyond the blade. What makes them tick, and what insight can they give to aspiring surgeons? So you, you mentioned that at the start you got into the SET program last year, mm. was it? So we might just talk a little bit about how long was that sort of trying to get onto the program, mm. how many attempts and looking kind of in the future, how long is it going to be until you're fully qualified? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the typical pathway um, when I was an internal resident looking at people getting on the surgical training program for, it, it depends on what specialty that you're going for, right? Um, of course, I'm not saying that one is easier or harder than the other, but it's a numbers game in the end. Um, and that's what it is really, is. this is a game. Is that you've got specialties like orthopedics and general surgery that take quite a large number of people per state. Um, but then you've got specialties like chi-thoracics, vascular surgery, plastic surgery, other subspecialty surgical programs, which take a handful, if not less than 10 at, at, the, at maybe nine at the most, Per, uh, per year in Australia and oh, New Zealand, yeah. right? Um, now, I've seen people who have gotten onto the training program after many, many years. I've seen people who get onto the program after becoming consultants in other specialties. Um, I, but I've also seen people who got onto the training program after three years of work. Um, but sort of gone are the days where you can be just a, a hard-working, nice guy who you know is good at their job and a good operator. That's not good enough now for surgical training. Mm-hmm. You there is a very strict rubric that you must follow. In fact, it's not even a rubric. It's just there's a set of almost rules that you kind of di- discover over time. Mm-hmm. And once you apply those rules and you answer every single one of them, then you'll be able to put your foot into the door for surgical training applications. Now for me, I, um, I after, yeah, after my residency, I decided I wanted to do vascular surgery. So my PGY3, so end of my sort of PGY2, so second year of work, um, in the lead up to my first years at Reg, I was doing everything possible I could to get myself in a position to apply to the program in my third year of work. Um, so I'd done publications, presentations, masters, courses, you name it, I'd done it. I'd spoken to references, everything. I'd done everything I needed to do to get ready for my, uh, to apply in my third year of work. And I still remember my first day of work in vascular surgery. My first ever phone call was a patient that had a ruptured thoracic aorta. Um, and it was like in a teenage patient. Mm. And I got that phone call and I just thought, oh my God, what is this especially? Like, this is mm. so stressful. Like, I'm not ready to deal with this sort of stuff. Like, mm. there was... And now after working it, I realize that that's actually a pretty rare thing to happen, particularly in that age group. But for me, that was just like, no, nah, there's no way I'm applying to surgical training right now. I'm not ready. I need to have time to actually get my head around what the specialty involves, right? Mm. So I didn't apply in my third year. Come around to my fourth year. I, um, I remember, uh, and I'm sure if my family listens to this podcast and they'll, they'll, they'll finally realize that I'm admitting um, uh, you know, defeat here. But I had taken a holiday, uh, I applied for the program, I got in an interview. Well, actually, no, I didn't know I had an interview. Then they told you if you got an interview 10 days before the interview, right? And uh, I took a holiday before um, the interview. I took leave and I took a holiday. I went to the Hunter Valley, had a wonderful time with my partner. It was awesome. 
Um, but it was immediately before the interview. I didn't really put any effort in because I, I talked to some PHOs and things that had done interviews and other specialties for other PHO interviews. I didn't even think about what the training interviews might be like. And they had said to me, um, oh, mate, you know, just put a couple of hours in, whatever, you'll be okay. You'll be yeah, you'll be all right. Just talk, yeah, just talk naturally, you'll be all good. Mm. And I got there, and I just remember my first station I spent, I won't name the surgeon because I know him quite well now, but I, um, I got my first station, the six stations for the set interview, right? And each station goes for 10 minutes. And they gave me this clinical scenario, and it's mixed with, yeah, clinical problems, ethical dilemmas, you know, you name it, it's in there. And basically, I gave the spiel. It's a question I'd seen before. I sort of thought about, I was ready to answer it. Mm. I gave my answer and I felt pretty pretty good about myself after my five minute uh, rant and then um, the boss leans over and he, he'd already like I saw him do something on the marking sheet and he put it on the table and he leaned over and he's like look I'm on um, what if I told you that everything that just came out of your mouth is total horseshit in those words and I was like what like I don't even know you could say that yeah. in the interview and then I went and started talking again and he's just like that's bullshit next one that's bullshit, give another answer, that's bullshit. Just kept going, right? Yeah. And I walked out of this, uh, that station, that was my first station of the interview. I walked out of it and I thought, I've bombed this, like I've totally bombed this, I'm done, like I'm not getting onto the program. And so I went through the rest of the stations kind of moping, like oh, yeah. whatever, like just get it done, whatever. And then lo and behold, didn't get on the program obviously. Yeah. But I got my, um, my letter of, you know, basically like, you know, there's not scores, but like, yeah, you know, how you performed in the different stations. Um, and they don't go into specifics, but it turned out that that station was my best scoring station, the first station. And I got an 100% on that station. And I just thought to myself, what cruel game is this, um, is this training program uh, process? Mm. Like, I just never th couldn't imagine um, or couldn't even think of why they would run, a, um, you know, run an interview like this. So then I took a different approach in my PGY5, so the year after. I actually went and I took a year, uh, not a year, I took a month off. I took a month off of the lead up to the interview. Remember, you only get told you got the interview 10 days before mm. the actual interview. So I applied for my leave at the start of the year, all that kind of stuff. And I became that guy in the hospital where like, people knew I was applying to the vascular surgery. I was in and around theaters all the time. I was involved in every case. I was ever present. I was in the hospital all the time, basically. Mm. They knew I was. So lots of people were backing me. Lots of people were supporting me. And everyone was asking me, oh, how's prep going? All this kind of stuff. And I felt really good about myself. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm the vascular guy, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then it came to interview time. And I didn't even get an interview, well, right? Yeah, well. And to me, that was like one of the, probably one of the most crushing um, moments of my career professionally I just thought like what's the point like I've really and you know you don't know what happens behind the scenes in the 12 months before that but there's a lot of worth it like thousands of hours that go into it and I just thought well, what am I doing this why am I pursuing this career and, that, and that, that's how I really started to ask myself and I was fortunate enough that I had um, you know I, I thought I did think for a time whether or not I would continue to continue to pursue it just because I felt so defeated in the immediate sort of moment there uh, I still remember, you know, the radiologist coming up to me and because we used to have conjoint meetings with them and one of the guys putting his arm around me and he's like, I'm on mate, like, you should come to the dark side, like, you should uh, come to radiology, yeah. you'll be welcome here, we'll look after you well, you make a great Trying interventional radiologist, he even took me down to meet the head of the department and everything, like, yeah. and I thought, like, wow, these guys are so supportive, but then I, luckily I had some really good bosses here at the Gold Coast who yeah. came to me and they said, hey, look, we've really, we really think you should keep pursuing this, you're, like, Number one, you work too hard and you put in too much work to this. And then they also said very selfishly that we put in too much work into you. 
yeah. <laughs> and which I really appreciated as well. Um, and so then I decided to reapply. And so then come my, uh, my PGY6 year, I reapplied and I um, got my score and I missed out by one spot. And uh, missing out by that one spot, again, was really brutal, but at least I knew that I, have, I was on the right track. I was ready, almost there to go, right? And was that after the interviews? Yeah, after the interviews, yeah, yeah. I missed out by one spot, sorry, after my interview. Um, but normally, almost every single year in vascular, there's someone that defers or someone that pulls out. Mm -hmm. So usually if you miss out by one spot, you'll get on still. Mm. And I think mine was like the first time in like well, five years no, that no one deferred. Yeah, wow. And so we came to, you know, last year. And then I guess, you know, the rest is history is that I took the approach of leaving no stone unturned. I made sure that I covered every single base. Because in my mind, you know, technically speaking, they'd only introduced three structure out rule, um, you know, yeah. a, a couple of years before. But technically speaking, that was my, um, that would have been my second attempt last year. Um, but I'd already decided in my mind that if I don't get on this year, then I might reconsider much more seriously about what I do. And that would be whether I even do medicine, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I was, I, I've been so committed and so far down this pathway of vascular surgery that I knew nothing else. I don't know how to, I couldn't become a GP, I couldn't become an ED physician, I couldn't do anything else because I don't yeah. know anything else. So I, um, so I took the approach of I must do absolutely everything. And so I knew that when it came interview time, and after I sat the interview, I, could, I said to myself, uh, I remember saying to my partner, like, look, I've done everything I can possibly do. I can happily say that there is nothing more I could have done. There's no more gas in the tank here. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get onto the program, then so be it. That's okay. Uh, but I'm content with that fact that I've done everything I possibly could have done. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that gave me a lot of comfort and, and, and took a lot of the stress out of mm -hmm. you know, whether or not I got on. Um, maybe I was just saying that to make myself feel better, mm. but in the end when I got on, you know, it was one of the happiest days of my life, mm. so, yeah. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that feeling? Um, because obviously you had such a long like, pathway, such a hard pathway, and then to finally get that, you know, I'm in, I'm through, mm. this is what my life's going to look like from now on. Yeah. Um, yeah, how good was that? It, I, I can't begin to explain it, right? Um, I think my, <laughs> my partner jokes around a lot, and mm. that... Um, you know, the day I, so I proposed to her, um, uh, you know, the start of last year and, um, and she jokes a lot of the time that like, you know, it was the happiest day of my life at that <laughs> time. And, uh, and she always says like, I'm pretty sure you were happier when you got into surgical training. Yeah. And I, like, I, I mean, it's just, it's sort of tongue in cheek, but mm. I mean, it's on that level. It's mm. like, I remember the exact place that I was, um, at when I found out the results um, and I just remember I was, I was talking to my, oh no, I wasn't talking to, I was walking to the, uh, and I was actually in the private, I was helping one of the bosses in the private, mm. and I was getting a graph from one of the stock rooms or whatever, and I was walking past the Da Vinci machine um, at Gold Coast Private. I don't know if you guys know what that is, like a big robot, yeah, thing, yeah. whatever. Um, and uh, I was just walking past, it was in the corner of the corridor, and I just saw this email, you know, titled, NZSVS, vascular surgical application, and then that was it, just dot, dot, dot. I don't know what yeah. else it said. So I quickly called my partner, I got on Facebook, I'm like, look, I've got this thing. I think she'd just come up on night shift, so she was half-baked. And like, you know, I was just like, I've got this email, I don't know what this is, um, I'm gonna open it, I need you to be here, right? And she's like, yeah, it's totally, like, we'd already agreed, you know, we talk about it so much, we're like, yeah, we, we wanna be there together when we do it, so. So I opened it up, and I like huddled next to the machine, um, the Da Vinci machine, and I opened it up, and like when I saw, um, you know, I just like flicked through and I just saw successful applicant and like just 
like yeah. just broke down crying yeah. like literally yeah. I was just like I was just it was the happiest moment of my life um, and then I remember walking down the corridor to my boss and he just unscrubbed from a case and he was still wearing his lead and everything and he just came out of the operating theater and he saw me down the corridor and um, and he waved at me and when he waved at me because he's just someone that you know he, I worked so hard with as well mm. and uh, I'd sort of collected myself I called my family and I, I felt a bit you know better and then when I saw him again just like a whale like a baby like mm. I was just so happy and you know so honestly it was one of the best moments of my life um, yeah. and so I think that um, you know you, everyone will have that feeling and I'm sure you guys will have exactly the same feeling too mm. but it's just a matter of yeah, persevering and yeah. actually getting there in the end so mm. yeah you've mentioned a lot about like your support systems being around you while you mm. try to get through the training your partner is she a doctor as well? Yeah, so she's an ICU training. Um, funnily enough, when I met her, she initially wanted to do vascular surgery, and then she saw my life um, as a vascular registrar, and she thought, "Hell no." Yeah. Um, which I mean, which is great. Like she sort of had that moment of realization that that wasn't for her. But I mean, that said though, I look at her job and I think to myself, I could never do that. Like, mm. you know, the level of intellect that you need to have to do that sort of career and the work hours um, as well are, are pretty difficult, not doing nights just on a regular basis. Um, so there's there's definitely, I mean, whatever career you pick in medicine and surgery, you're gonna have pitfalls, and but you're also gonna have plenty of pearls as well. So just make sure that the pearls outweigh the pitfalls there. But, um, but yeah, my partner was, you know, I call her day one because she was there for my first application. I still remember she reminded me to put in my first ever application <laughs> to the training program. I was, again, like I, I like was saying before, I, I sort of have this nonchalant layback approach to a lot of different things in my life and, and she recognized that. And so yeah. she's like, mate, make sure you put it in. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, of course her, I've got a lot of my friends who've always supported me, but also, um, you know, my family too, like mm. I can't, like none of this would have been possible without their, their support as well. So. It's yeah. awesome. Um, we will just ask, obviously you've got, you've been working super hard for a long mm. time now, but you're also running a program, the, mm. uh, the Berry method. Can mm. you tell us a little bit about, about that? Yeah. So that basically got sparked, um, from me attending the um, the ASSC's conference last year, the Surgical Student so mm. Society of um, Surgical yeah. whatever something Students Australasian conference yeah. conference, yeah. And I remember going there. And I just got onto the program at that point, and I had a lot of different people um, find out. There's a lot of medical students from you know Griffith Bond and things that I, I met over the years in the Gold Coast mm. um, that had heard, and they were all really happy for me. And they came up to me and they asked me, they're like, "What did you do to get onto the program?" And I find myself sort of jumping around um, and giving like five minute conversations to people. And I just felt really, I honestly felt really bad because you can't talk about how to go into surgical training in a five minute conversation at mm. all. Even the, this podcast today, like we'll talk about some of the important stuff, but it's still not gonna be enough, yeah. right? And when I was going through training, I didn't have someone that was telling me you need to do this, 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 this. No one does that, okay? And if they do that, well, either they're already on a training program, and if they're a couple of years down the line, well, then they might be out of touch of what it, what it involves. And that's not to be rude. It's just the fact yeah. that the training program has evolved so many times over the years. Like I can think of, changes you know, dozens year. of changes that they made mm. to the program while I was applying, and I always thought, like, man, why do they keep doing this? Like, this is making it harder and harder each year, right? But you need to have someone that can provide you that guidance. And so the point of this was actually really, we made it as like a proof of concept. I made it with my brother and we, we essentially put all of our knowledge together and understanding of everything that worked for us, right? Mm -hmm. To get into subspecialty surgical training. 
and what can other people do and apply and we um, essentially release it to everyone we didn't we don't you know we don't advertise it or anything it's just word of mouth basically mm -hmm. but we told a few different people and then now there's you know several hundred people that are enrolled in it mm -hmm. um, and that goes from you know being medical students all the way up to people who are uh, applying for set training interviews mm. um, that use all the different types of courses that we offer um, but the real proof of concept was then we had um, a group of guys that we ran kind of through a pilot program where we really dedicated time into coaching um, and all of them again I won't name who they are but all of them got onto their respective subspecialty surgical yeah, training right. programs which I mean to us was just like a big like aha moment that we've mm. actually gotten onto something that's useful and you'll see that a lot of people um, there's a lot of different um, things that are offered like you'll people see the, see the generic surgical sciences exam right there's courses that people will pay in excess of forty thousand dollars to go for six week intensives or twenty thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars for a master's degree you don't need all this kind of stuff and all this all this other noise is just detracting from people's ability to focus on what actually matters and just doing the thing that you need to do rather than throwing money at a wall and hoping that you're going to get something out of it because you've paid for it right you mm. feel like you're doing something because you're putting money on the on the line so we basically made this this website that covers um covers not just things like um cv building but it also covers um, interview preparation it covers uh, the generic surgical sciences examination but it also covers a clinical exam all these aspects are mandatory parts of applying to surgical training programs you mm. must do all of those in order to be successful so we make courses for all of those things and we made it so that it's dirt cheap so that anyone can access it and you know and if I meet you in person or you know for your podcast as well like we give people out coupons and all sorts of stuff so that like we just want people to be able to use it yeah and it's essentially like a no excuses website. It tells you exactly what you need to do. It's available there. So if you sign up to it and you use it, you're almost certainly going to be successful in getting getting whatever at least unaccredited job you want as a junior doctor or, or as a medical student going to internship, how to figure out which jobs you can get to and what's going to be useful on your CV, whatnot. But then when it comes to the set training interviews, if you actually are prepared to commit and put the time and effort in, then we're almost certain that we can get you onto the program. Mm. And we can guide you because we're the guys that have done this already. And the people that we also have as coaches with us, they're all people that recently have gone on to set training. Um, so we don't ask people from other specialties, like and not to say that medicine doesn't have the same difficulties, but we don't ask the physicians, we don't ask ED, we don't ask critical care to get involved, at least at this point in, the, in how the website's constructed. Um, because we want to make sure that we're giving people who want to do surgery the best opportunity to get onto the program without wasting time, without wasting um, money, but also not wasting their energy so they don't feel like they're burning out doing all these other crazy things outside of work as well. Yeah, so you mentioned some of the services that you offer, the CV building, mm. the GSSE. I think that would probably be one of the most useful ones for like medical students coming up. Yeah. Because it's one of the first exams they've got to sit. Yeah. I think um, I remember thinking people were crazy when I was an intern and when I was in Sydney where I had medical students, uh, not medical students, first year doctors in their first year of work sitting the GSSE. Right, so they would have been already studying during their final year of medical school. Now, I'm not saying that you have to do that. Right, it's your own prerogative if you want to. If that's how how driven you are, and you know that surgery is what you want to pursue, and you know the answer to your why already. But people were doing that, right? Mm. And I hate to say it, but if you are not prepared to work as hard as you can 
to do whatever you can to be successful in your application and training, the training program, I can guarantee you that there is dozens of, if not hundreds of other people who are prepared to do that, mm. right? There are many other people outside of your bubble of wherever you're working that are trying to get onto surgical training. That doesn't go just for other medical students, interns, residents, registrars. Like I said before, I know of bosses that have moved from their own specialty and apply to different and uh, apply to things like vascular surgical training, mm. right? Um, so that's we made it basically to level the playing field for a competitive edge, so that everyone's got an opportunity to do well. Um, and I wish I could say that it makes us a lot of money. It doesn't. There's probably actually be more economical for us just to work more. Um, but it was more just like it started off as a as a proof of concept, and now it's really evolved into something that like a. I've, don't want to call it labor but it is a labor of love it is something that we really really enjoy we're really passionate about teaching and education um, and but we're also really passionate about getting good people who have a good mindset onto the into their career specialties that they want to want to do um, and working for the rest of their lives yeah just to make sure everyone knows mm. um, how to find it is that just on google we can search up so it's, not, it's actually not on google at the moment um, because we like i said we don't um, we do offer coaching services. Mm -hmm. So we are already pretty full in terms of coaching specifically. So that's paid coaching. Um, mm -hmm. So we don't advertise it because effectively we don't want to be in a situation where we have lots of people that we're turning down all the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, we are at that point with some of the coaching. Um, but we will eventually, once we, um, I think once we've, um, gotten the ability to coach more clients then yeah we will look at advertising um, but otherwise the website's um, available through a link which I can provide to you guys if you want to I don't know if you want to put it in your yeah, show notes yeah definitely yes. um, and I can give you guys a coupon code that will give yeah, you guys like 25% off um, awesome. yeah. so the courses but there are courses and I don't want you to think that just because you're not getting coached physically um, by myself or any of our other coaching team that you're not gonna be successful. That's absolutely not the case. Um, the courses provide you very, very clear, step-by-step step what you need to be doing. And even if you just as so much as, if you don't wanna pay for the course, that's fine. We don't, we, it doesn't affect us. It's, it's like, what, 50 bucks. So we don't care if you, if you pay for it or not. It doesn't affect us. But what you can do is you can actually look at all the courses, all the curriculums for each course are completely free. So if you decide that you wanna make your own notes, you wanna do your own study, you wanna, you know, form your own decisions about things and you don't want our guidance on it, that's okay. But use those as your own curriculum and actually then do things for yourself. The goal of this whole project is to make sure that people are getting onto surgical training and actually making it achievable for them. And I guess taking out the mystery and the stigma of um, the whole process of applying to surgical training. I, I really don't like the idea that people don't want to pursue it because they think it's too hard. Just know that whatever you choose in medicine, it should be hard. Right, you should still be doing something that challenges you challenges you every day, but you should still be doing something that's gonna actually leave you fulfilled at the end of your your career. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's really good pieces of advice. Mm. I think, and um, I think we might just try and wrap it up now because I think we're about to get kicked out. Oh, right? Yeah, I think we have just quickly one more fan submitted question: yep. arteries or veins? <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've always dreamt about starting my own only veins channel but uh <laughs> i i think uh look arteries all the way man. arteries all the way uh, there yeah you go. yeah um and just briefly one piece of advice you would give to medical students in general yeah i think um i just want to make it really clear to you guys that you do not need to be the brightest yeah. or the smartest person or the even the most hard-working person ever right 
but you just need to make sure that you remain habitual in what you're doing. Okay, if you have a goal for your career, then find a mentor, find someone that can provide you that guidance, whether that's myself, our services, whether that's you know your colleagues at work, whoever it may be, it might be your folks, whatever. Mm. But as long as you find someone that's like-minded to you um, and that can provide you honest feedback, whether that's positive, negative, whatever it may be, just continue to work on whatever the thing is that you need to do and do it every single day, how, no matter how small that task may be. Yeah, definitely. Great that's, advice. That's some great advice. Thanks for sharing everything today. No, you're more than welcome, guys. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. It's been awesome. Yeah, we've learned a lot. So thank you for joining us today, Armin. Yeah, more than welcome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Scalpel. Make sure to follow us on Instagram or Facebook to keep up with the latest news. See you next time, either on our next episode or at one of Sergio's upcoming events.